Hey everybody, I'm Brian Clapp, VP of Content and Engaged Learning at WorkinSports.com, and this is the Work in Sports Podcast. Big week last week, an interview I'm very proud of interviewed Scott O'Neill, who's the CEO of Harris Blitzer Sports and Entertainment, which is the ownership group of the Philadelphia 76ers and the New Jersey Devils. And I will be honest, it is one of my favorite interviews to date. I think Scott was so open and vulnerable and honest and explained a lot of his own failures that has led to his future success, has explained what he looks for in hiring and in people. He was willing to push and talk about how, you know, he how much he loves the young millennials and Gen Zers that are applying for jobs today, but he also wants to push them a little bit and to really drive towards and understand that they're in control of their own destiny. Um, I, there's so much great stuff in there. I cannot tell you enough. If you haven't listened to it yet, please do. And please give me feedback. I want to hear what you think, because I listened to that episode and think that's really good stuff. And I just want to know if you guys are feeling the same way. So give me some feedback. Let me know. Ping me on LinkedIn, you know, connect with me on LinkedIn Give me a note on LinkedIn. I want to hear your feedback. It does mean a lot to me. Uh, I'm, I'm in a constant state of growth, so I want to make sure that you guys know, you guys and gals know that you're open to share with me whatever you think and feel. Uh, it's important to me. So this show, we got some cool stuff coming up right now. First off, a bridge stat line. We're still working through some of the new, I'm still working through. The, the analytics tools that we have at iHire and the new work in sports are super powerful. And I want to make sure, because I'm still training on them, that I'm using them correctly and giving them you accurate info. So I'm going to abridge the stat line a little bit this week and just give you one data piece. It's a big number, 4,340. That's how many jobs we've added in the past week, which is an all-time record. 4,340 jobs added in the last week. That's a lot of opportunity out there in the sports industry. And as many of you are probably seeing, I'm hearing this chatter a lot, and I'm seeing it for myself firsthand. So it's not just anecdotal in my through my lens. When people are on LinkedIn right now, they're seeing a lot of, I'm taking this job. Congratulations. I'm going to this team. I'm going to that team. I'm going to this sports organization. There's a lot of good activity happening right now. And I think the word of summer 2021 is capacity. And I am here for it because I'm seeing a lot of announcements of we're going to go 100% capacity in another month. We're going to go 100% capacity in two weeks. These are all massively important things for the sports industry. The more people that can attend, the better the events are. We all want to go see sports again. Live sports are amazing. We want to be safe doing it. But the more that happens, the more we need salespeople and the more we have revenue coming in, the more there's apparel being sold, there's more value being added to an entire organization. Capacity is the word of summer. Okay, let's get into the question of the week, which comes in from Brian in Pennsylvania. Yeah, that's me. For the second time in a row, I'm answering my own question. Here it is. What are the big problems you are seeing firsthand as you review applicants to your job openings? Great question, Brian. Thank you for asking it. As you should all know by now, because I've been saying it a lot, is that I'm hiring for three roles right now. And I'm in the weeds of resumes, phone calls, and interviews. It's awesome. Seriously, I love being in this conversation. But there's also a ton of things you pick up from going through it. I tend to be very attentive in this process because I want to not only get a great hire on our team, but I also want to pick up on things I can share back with all of you and see things that are happening. So I am very present during this process. 
Now, I try extremely hard to avoid cliches on this show, but some can't be ignored because they are legit and they totally make sense. They play out over time. For example, there is a common axiom in sports. See what I did there? Calling it an axiom sounds fancier than saying cliche. Subtle, smooth, that's how I do things. Anyway, there's a common saying in sports, an axiom you may call it. You hear it a lot in golf tournaments that you can't win on the first day, but you sure can lose. And this is something I want you to be thinking about in terms of your job search and process as well. Get out to a huge, think about a golf tournament, put it in perspective. Get out to a huge lead on day one of a four-day tournament. You don't win anything. You still need to bring it three more days. But if you mess up horribly on day one, you probably aren't going to come back against all these other people that are amazing in competition. So again, you can't win on the first day, but you sure can lose. Now, think about that in terms of your job search and process as well. More on that in a second. I love the hiring process, always have. And for me, as a dude shelling out career advice for the sports industry, going through the hiring process is important. Going through it myself, you know, actually living through it. And so I get to see, going through this process, I get to see and feel what's going on out there, know what's really happening, and stress test some of my own theories that I'm sharing with all of you. You got to stay up to date on these things. You got to be hiring to know what's happening out there. And sometimes I think to myself, Am I giving out advice that's too basic? Like, am I sharing 370 episodes of content now? And some of the advice may be too basic. Do I need to get deeper in the weeds? Is there more granular issues I need to deal with? And then I go through a hiring process and review about 70 resumes for our job openings. And I think, nope, there are still so many things people do wrong. Massive things, disqualifying things. And we need to keep talking about it so that this audience... This group of people aren't doing these things. And we're sharing context and improvements and we're growing. We have to make sure we do the basics right. And this is not just a basics conversation, but there are so many things that happen out there that I'm witnessing again that I'm like, we got to hammer these fundamentals. You may not be able to win the job on day one, but you sure can lose it. And people are big time. So today, I'm going to run through a bunch of disqualifying events that I noticed in the last week reviewing many, many resumes. You have to make sure these are not in your repeat offender file. You have to be really honest with yourself right now and say, am I making some of these moves? Are these things that I am doing? Be honest with yourself. This is about growth, not about defense, not about being like, oh, no, 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 I don't do that. My, I do it for this reason, or I do that. Uh, oh, I do that, but, but it, it works for me. Listen, be open, think about how these things could portray you to an employer, okay? Number one, spray and pray. That's what I call it, spray and pray. This is my biggest takeaway and piece of advice. I can't hammer this enough. Actually, there's a couple that I really like in this. There's a lot, I like all of them, but like certain ones really, really super important. I'm gonna let you know which ones I think are super important. This one's really important. When job seekers feel desperate, which I completely respect and understand, it's been an awful year. Job seekers tend to start applying for a lot of jobs, thinking something will connect. Spray and pray. Just apply. Boom, 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 boom. And pray something magical happens. I get it. I understand this. But applying for more jobs that you aren't a solid match for is not the solution. In reviewing resumes for our job openings, I'd say 20 to 25% 
had between zero and one of the required 10 skills for the job. Like zero to one of the required skills. Maybe they had one of them. Like, what are we doing here? Little to no experience doing a role like the one we were hiring for. Did they really think this was going to happen? Immediately, I was able to disqualify them. But remember, this is frustrating for an employer. They see your name and they file this away. They do. Trust me, this happens. They keep records of who's applying to their jobs. And if you're wasting their time in the process, you get a ding against you. It's a red flag for your future. Now, on our site, we've made it really easy. We have this cool tool called iScore, which evaluates the resume of an applicant matches it against our job opening and gives it a score from one to 100. So as I'm first starting my review process, I can see the match scores, the I scores, right? That helps. But, you know, I see a bunch of scores in the 20s and I know that they're not a match. So it's on a scale of one to 100. Okay. I'm still getting used to this tool because it's new to me. So I still like to peruse all of the resumes. I'm trying to see how this I score tool works. And it's pretty amazing, actually. But it made me really frustrated that these people even applied. I mean, you have none of the experience or skills. What are we doing here? Now, side note, the iScore tool I was just bragging about works for our premium members that are job seeking too. You can score your resume against a job opening and get recommendations on how to improve your resume for this job. I love it. Super cool. Efficient way to apply. Check it out. Put your best foot forward. The bigger point is don't apply to jobs you aren't a match for. Magic's not going to happen. Just throwing your resume out there a lot does not increase your odds. Take the time to find and apply to jobs you are a match for, or else you're not going to be noticed. You're not going to stand out. We are not the only company that uses a product like iScore. Most companies out there have some way of filtering through the resumes, and they get to weed out the junk pretty fast. So really focus on what jobs you're a match for. Number two, resume length. I did not know this was still an issue. I had a seven-page resume to review. I had another that was written like a life story versus bullet points of skills and accomplishments. It was like paragraph form. It wasn't their cover letter. It was their resume. I had another that was in a weird font. No, 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 no. Stop. Stop doing this. Follow best practices. Highlight things that make you stand out for this job. Make sure your skills are on display. Use metrics to explain how you achieve things or what you did on previous jobs. 23, 23% of Twitter followers increased, decreased spending by 18%. You know, like we use numbers to make proof of concept. I made 10,000 outbound calls, like whatever it is, I'm just making stuff up right now. Follow best practices, make it an easy digestible pieces. Recruiters spend, hiring managers spend six seconds looking at your resume before they move on to the next one. It's a proven fact. If you give me seven pages paragraph form, weird fonts. I'm not getting through it. Give me easy to digest bullet points that align with the job I'm talking about. More on that in a second too. Number three, mission statements that aren't aligned. As all the longtime listeners of this show know, I hate the mission statement on resume. I hate them. Can't stand them. They are a waste of space. 90% of the time they are poorly written They are focused on what you want for yourself versus what you can bring to a company, the value you bring. I just don't like them. But layer in a new, there's a new layer of disdain that was introduced this week as I was reviewing applicants. Seven different resumes. So 10% of the resumes are reviews. That's a big chunk. That's like a legitimate number. We're not talking about an edge case here. We're talking about 10% of the resumes I reviewed had mission statements on them that said what someone was looking for 
and it wasn't even close to the job they were applying for. So think about that for a second. That means somebody created their resume, never really thought about it, and just started spraying it out there, just started applying for jobs. Looking for a role I can use uh, my experience with political activism. Looking for a role I can use my experience with mechanical engineering. It's like, I'm, I'm asking for an audio visual, video content creator job. Like you're telling me in the opening statement, the first thing I see that you're looking for something else. You want something completely different than what I'm offering. What, 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 what are we doing? So now these applicants applied for jobs they weren't really interested in and told me that at the top of their resume. I mean, if you had not even included a mission statement at the top of your resume that said, I'd rather be doing something other than your job. If you hadn't even included that at all, I may have looked at your resume, considered your skill sets, maybe considered you for the role, maybe tried to put you in a role like, oh, maybe this person does fit. Maybe this is something we can work with. Maybe there's some potential here. But instead, you came right out and said, yeah, I see your job posting. I'll apply for it. But what I really want to do is this thing over here. Amazing. This is the very definition of lazy and inattentive. You're going through the motions, one button clicking to apply because it's easy. Not what I'm looking for, not what most employers are looking for, okay? Keep this in mind. Number four, having a resume that isn't aligned with the job description. I will continue to bang this drum. I talk about it a lot. I'm going to continue to. I know it is more work to customize your resume for a job application, but if you want the job, and I think you do, it is the single best piece of advice I can give you. So here's an example of how this played out. This is a real life example of somebody not paying attention to the job description, but still applying. Okay. One of the jobs I'm hiring for right now is an audio video content creator. The top bullet point on the job description under job requirements is Adobe, if I could speak, Adobe Premiere Pro and Adobe Audition expertise. So we've outlined what the job is. We've given some details about the company. And we said job skill requirements, job requirements. Number one, not hidden. This isn't some trick. Number one, Adobe Premiere Pro and Adobe Audition expertise. Couldn't be more clear. Those are the video and editing audio, audio editing programs we utilize at work in sports and I hire. So I saw a resume. It scored in the middle of the road on iScore. But like I said, I wanted to check out everything personally because I'm still learning the tool. So I poked around a little bit. Wanted to call the person's resume, take a look at it, see how it aligned. This person had wonderful experience, had done similar things in their career to what this job required. Maybe a little bit rough, but had some potential. So I set up a phone call screening. Okay. First question I ask, I see you have experience with Final Cut Pro editing software. Have you ever used the Adobe Creative Suite? Applicant. Yes, I utilize Adobe Premiere Pro on various projects. I love Adobe Audition, and I'm learning After Effects. Follow-up. The number one requirement of the job was Adobe Creative Suite experience. Why didn't you put this on your resume? Applicant. Honestly, I didn't read the job description that closely. I just saw it was for an audio-video person, and that's what I'm good at. Okay, let's unpack this a bit. That was a real-life conversation that just happened last week. If I, me, Brian Clapp, the hiring manager going through all these resumes, wasn't psychotic and reviewing every resume by hand, I never would have known this person existed because they didn't review the job description 
understand the demands of the role and highlight themselves as an asset that aligned with our needs. Again, they knew Adobe Premiere Pro and Adobe Audition. That is the number one requirement of this job. They knew it, but they didn't have it on their resume because they didn't put the work in to understand that was an important part of the job. I mean, hello, what a waste. Now, I'm not going to hire the person, despite them actually being a pretty decent match in some ways, because they lack attention to detail. But I hope they learned a lesson, and I hope you do too. Take the time to know what is in demand for every role you are applying for. Read the job descriptions. Make sure you understand what they're saying that they want and need, and match your resume to that job. That's how you stand out, and don't lose the game before you get started. I would not have noticed this person if I didn't go through the resume by hand, And even still, I was extremely unimpressed that they had the knowledge they needed but didn't put it on their resume. Like, you're not paying attention. Okay, number five, not doing any homework. (sighs) 70 applicants, okay? I worked it down to about 10. I was interested in phone screening. Then eventually I'll go down to five after the phone screens are done, then a final group of two to three before deciding. That's how this process works. Now think about that, all the work that we put into it. Reviewing resumes, going through phone screens, interviewing via Zoom, and then final group of two to three finalists that have a panel interview with pe- other people cross-functionally that I hire. We take this stuff seriously. And when I say we, I mean my company, but I also mean every employer out there. If we're taking it this seriously, you should too. So I had one person that looked interesting on paper, valuable experience, right skills. Eh, let's chat. Let's see if we're a match. Now, my first three questions in a phone screen are always disqualifiers. What I mean by that is, if they have a poor answer, I know I can cut off the phone screen early. They aren't necessarily tough questions, but they need a little bit of thought, and they need you to really answer them correctly or at least be in the ballpark. I use an example that when I first interviewed for my first job out of college, which was at CNN Sports Illustrated, they had a sports sports quiz. They put you through a sports quiz. They're like, if you're going to come work for our organization where we're covering sports all day and all night, 24-7... Um, you need to know sports. And the very first question was the easiest question you'll ever be asked. It was, who are the two most recent franchises, um, expansion teams in the NFL? This was right after the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Carolina Panthers started, right? If you didn't know that answer, I swear, they probably just ended the quiz right there and moved on and said, thank you for your time. Take care. Have a great day. Like they give a basic one. If you can't answer it well, they, they know to move on. I'm not going to waste the rest of my time on this. Well, I do the same thing. You know, I, my first three questions are exactly that same way. They're all disqualifiers. The first one is related to skills. I want to know if they can do the job. Uh, one is related to why they decided to apply for this job. You know, I want to know if their desires match up with our opportunity or if they're just doing a spray and pray. Like, I don't really know anything about it. I just wanted to see, you know, like, are you really into this gig? And one is related to what they know about our company and product. I want to know if they've done their homework, show a little effort. If you can't get through those first three questions, eh, you probably cut it off, right? When I set up a phone interview, I usually give someone two days advance notice. So if I call to set something up on a Wednesday, I usually ask if they have time on their schedule on Friday. So that gives a two-day window. If I ask you what you know about our company, Two days after telling you we are going to interview you for a job at our company and you know nothing, that's a bummer. That's not a high performer. That's not someone willing to do the work. That's not someone that I am going to hire. And that happened a couple times. And that's out of the 10 people that I narrowed it down to do a phone interview with. 
This is how you take yourself out of the running. Every one of these things I talked about, there are more things, there are more mistakes that people make, but every one of the things I talk about, you take yourself out of the game. Don't lose the game before you really get started. Put yourself in a position to keep advancing by doing all these little things right first. Match your job, match your resume up against the job description. Make sure you're hitting those highlights of what they require. Use those inf- that information that they put on their job description to craft your cover letter. Use something in there. Give me a story around how you've used Adobe Premiere Pro maybe. If you know that it's the first bullet point on there, it's probably important to them. Maybe I should emphasize this. You know, use this stuff. Think smart about this. Understand the company. Do your research. Be prepared for these moments. Don't just spray and pray and hope that some magic happens. These are all very basic pieces of advice, and yet they are not happening out there. You will differentiate yourself. I've told everybody in this audience many times before. If you do that one thing that I call call it a heat check, but it's essentially you're making sure that you research what your industry needs, right? You're, You're researching what your industry needs, what you want to get into, and then making sure you learn those things through your college career. (laughs) not complex. We're not talking complex algorithms here. But if I wanted to be a video editor and I realized that these are the skills that are in demand for those, I'd learn those skills and then make sure I highlighted them on my resume. If you do these kind of things, these basic steps, whether it's the heat check or whether it's matching up against the job description, you're going to be ahead of 95% of the competition. You're going to be in the game. If you just kind of go through this in a cavalier motion, you know, just applying and see what happens, Chances are you're going to not lock yourself out of the game before it even really gets started. Keep this in mind. Stick to the basics. All right, everyone? All right. That's it for today. Tune back in on Wednesday for another great uh, industry interview. Thank you all for listening. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you are a listener. And thank you for being a part of our community. Let's get back to work, everyone.